Welcome to Off Code, the show where we ignore the cultural code and have real and intriguing conversations regarding the Black community and ways we can move forward to human flourishing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Off Code. We are in episode number five. We are trucking along and really hoping to provide information and content um, regarding the Black community, the Black church, issues that um, we see as prevalent today within many of those, those spaces. And so that is what we're up to again today. I am your co-host, Monique Dusan. And I am Kevin Briggins, and I am really excited about today's show. Uh, we're going to really dive into battles within the Black church. And today we're going to look at the issue of Freemasonry within the Black church. Um, and on top of that, we have a special guest that I'm really excited about because not only is this my brother, but he's my brother in Christ. And he's also happens to be my brother in law as we both married sisters. So, uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Tucson Adams. Yeah, what's good? What's good, fam? Hey man, what's good? How y'all feeling? Good, man. Good. Thank Good. you so much for being with us. Now, you can always like drop dirt on Kevin. I mean, it don't have to be like me, <laughs> no, but we are here. Yeah, we no, here for, for some information. <laughs> Any information you want to share? Code of the Yeah, we go back a long way. So all right. We go back a long way. We, we, we've grown in sanctification and grace. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Still growing. Amen. <laughs> and let the church yes. say amen. 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 Now, um, Toussaint, you have um like a wife, like we had a conversation yesterday and you just had like a diverse array of knowledge regarding things happening within the black church. And I was like, wow, we can, there's a lot we can cover and talk about. But today we are going to be talking about Freemasonry. I am actually, I think Kevin and I together, we're going to have you talk about black liberation theology with us. But today's topic is Freemasonry. Um, before we get into the topic, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I grew up in a home uh, of a pastor. I, I was, grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad has been pastoring for, you know, as long as I've been alive. I mean, he started pastoring. I mean, he started preaching when he was 15 years of age. And um, his upbringing is very much steeped in the, the black church. He uh, was a Methodist pastor for, for some time and then um, had uh, dallings and other denominations and then came back came back around to or came uh, back around to his baptist roots um you know he grew up in uh deep deep south uh birmingham alabama civil rights movement all of those things so i was exposed to uh some of these ideologies uh from a very from a very early age you know just by way of my upbringing uh i also just completed um my last degree and my wife is praising God uh, because about 14 of our 15 years of marriage, I've been in school. Uh, so um, I just finished up my, my doctorate degree at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, in educational ministry. And one of the concentrations that I had was developing a training program for ministers, particularly in a black church context. 
So this exposed me not only to not only to the text of scripture and developing that and, and some exegetical kinds of uh, some exegetical kinds of, uh, of, of, of things, but also uh, to some historical aspects of, of the black Baptist tradition. And so uh, I think there's, you know, I think there's um, uh, enough here in order to, you know, try to assist in this conversation as best as I can. And I'm just thankful. Let me let me say I am very thankful that you all have uh, have thought about me and and decided to bring me on. I'm very grateful for 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 your ministry, Sister Monique, and also for uh, for my brother Kevin. So praise God for that. Well, thank you. You just come right out the gate exegetical. We ain't got there yet. <laughs> we we haven't got to the define the terms part of the show yet. Nope. Oh man! Oh man. goodness! Here we go. But yes, okay. We see your credentials. Thank like, you very oh, much. No, not, it's not like, a flex. It's not a flex. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But no, I, honestly, I think that it's good. Like these are things that we need to be thinking about. Like how are we? How are we approaching the text? Are we approaching it from this exegesis? Um, standpoint, understanding what the text is saying and how people in the early church would have, un like the readers of that time, not just the like the early, the first century church, but how would the readers um, of the time where that book was written, where those words were written, how would they have understood that text? What was the right. author's original intent in writing? Right. That's the um, exegetical process. Now, there's also something called eisegesis, and you might, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but eisegesis would be then what I bring to the text, how I am reading the text. Am I, is that correct? Yeah, reading into it. So X from the Greek preposition X or X, which means to draw out ice from the Greek preposition, meaning to put in. So exegesis is the draw out meaning. Eisegesis is the put in meaning. Um, and you never want to put in meaning. You always want to draw out, out meaning. Amen. No, we don't want to put in meaning because yeah, yeah, that's no, just not, it's not okay. No. Well, that was uh, just a side note, a tidbit, but we do want to make sure that as people watch our podcast, they're equipped and they understand, you know, what's being talked about. We don't want words to just, you know, fly around and not be well-defined and understood. Yeah, so, so, so Doc, that. we need you to, we need you to keep it at our level. That's, that's, right, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hey, listen, no, I don't watch some of the stuff. I had to go some of the stuff y'all done. I had to go back and get some books and look up some <laughs> some some stuff too. So now nah, don't even try to don't even try it. Mm -mm. Okay, so we're gonna jump right in. We are talking about Freemasonry um, and its ties in the Black Church. So can you help us understand what is Freemasonry? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a number of ways that uh, we can narrow down the definition as to what Freemasonry is. You know, it depends on whether you're an outsider or you're an insider in terms of how you define it. So uh, the outsiders uh, of Freemasonry probably will refer to it as a secret society. Uh, those that are inside um, Freemasonry uh, will define it as a society with secrets. Um, and so it's, it's a, you know, it's a play on words, but I think there's, you know, I think there's some significance into how, I think there's some significance with regards to how the outsiders and the insiders uh, define it. And so the insiders are, are basically saying when they say that it's a society with secrets, uh, that though it is a, it's an organization, it, it's not secret, uh, but the organization itself, it has secrets. So I mean, you know, it's a, it's a play on words. I say that it's a secret society. I believe that it is a secret society. Um, it's also a fraternal organization. Uh, and so we'll get into a little bit of that, you know, of what that means later on in the, in the, uh, in the podcast. 
Uh, it's also, I would uh, define it as a religious organization, and we'll also see that as well. If not, an, if not a religion uh, itself attempting to trace its origins back to uh, the Old Testament, particularly the building of King Solomon's temple. Uh, and so it's claiming to be biblical, it's, it's claiming a biblical basis uh, for its existence. And then lastly, I would say that, you know, it could be defined as a moral system. If it's religious, then it, it also uh, would have to speak of morality. And so uh, it, it, is a, it is a moral system. And you can hear that in the key tenet of Freemasonry, um, uh, particularly Freemasonry as it pertains to the Black church context in their, in their statement, uh, in, in their almost this, um, you know, this overarching statement that they have, which is, which is uh, is encapsulated in these words. You know, they they strive to make good men better, and so it's a it's a moral system uh, with the aim of making good men better. So I, I would you know I would distill it down into saying, you know, um, you know, with all of that, I guess my question uh, would be as I'm thinking through it. Now I know that we're going to get to this. Is it biblical? You know, they claim a biblical origin. They claim that it's you know, they claim that they could trace it back to King Solomon's temple. Is is it biblical? And so I think if you you distill it down to um, it's a secret society, it's a moral system, it's religious, uh, could be possibly a religion in and of itself. Uh, and hopefully we'll see that by, by the end of the podcast. Man, wow, that's a good that's a, yeah, that's a good introduction. Um, Based on that, so we titled this Battles Within the Church. And so we mm -hmm. are talking about this issue. Why is this issue so important to um, the Black church? Can you can you kind of go into that and kind of describe what the history is? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're talking about Freemasons. Uh, Freemasons, they were Masons by vocation originally. And so this is going back to about the 14th century. And so... Um, vocationally, they, they are masons. They're building buildings. They're building edifices. One of the one of the um, edifices that is of supreme importance is the the building, which is known as a lodge. So, if you've ever heard of a, a masonic lodge, uh, masons by vocation were building buildings, and one of those buildings was was a lodge. So, historically, they built lodges, and there was two purposes as to why they built these lodges. One was for shelter, and the other was to provide uh, meetings in order to sift out uh, imposters who were not actually Masons. And so in order to do this, uh, they provided these secret grips, these secret handshakes, these, these secret passwords in order to sift out imposters. Uh, uh, historically, you have American masonry. So before you get, before you, before you get to, to Freemasonry and the Black Church, uh, understand that there was this American masonry, which can be traced to the Grand Lodge in London, which was which came about in, in 1717. And so uh, by the time you get to the 18th century, you have American masonry here in the United States. And then it breaks. It breaks with the vocational aspect of, of building of building buildings. And it and it maintains the ritualistic aspects of masonry, which are the passwords and the handshakes and all those things that goes along with it. Um, what, what's also coming along with it at this time in history is, again, something that I mentioned in the definition, which was that fraternal order. And um, 
So it really became a, a family kind of, or, you know, it became family oriented, uh, which is, which is, which is, um, you, you can't under, you, we, we can't understate the importance of that aspect of masonry, that fraternal aspect, because that's going to play, you know, a huge part in how community within Freemasonry and community within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ are at odds with one another. Um, so, you know, uh, by the time you get to mid 18th century, you have um, a split from American masonry, which is European, okay? Mm -hmm. you, have, you have a split. Um, and so this split came about, uh, the guy spearheading it was maybe a name that you're familiar with, Prince Hall. And so Prince Hall is in Boston and uh, he's, a, he's a free man. And um, he wants, you know, not just, not just religious liberty, but also the ability to have his own lodge because of, a racial, of racial tensions that was transpiring between, you know, blacks and whites. And so he, 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 he splits from American uh, masonry and now you have uh, black Freemasonry. In, in fact, you know, Prince Hall, Prince Hall Freemasonry is the largest sect of African of African um, of African American masonry in the United States today. Now, white counterparts would consider it historically; they consider that illegitimate, you know. Um, but nevertheless, it proliferated uh, throughout the black community, and he's the figurehead. You know, then you have other individuals, uh, Richard Allen and Absalon Jones, who's going to come about about a decade later, and then it just takes off. So, you know, that's a, that's just some of the history, you know, of how we got Freemasonry in the black church. And as best as I could tell, uh, it started within the Methodist church and then proliferated to other than other black denominations. That's it's so important that we understand the history of what was happening um, like in amongst many things in America. So, you know, you do have, um, you know, British influence and things like that. And you have your you, definitely European influence here in America, but you also have slave, um, like free people coming up from the South. You have um, or, you know, freed slaves coming up from the South. But then you also have a community of Black people who weren't slaves, the freedmen, and they lived in the North. And, you know, you have all of these different influences among racial tension. And then what you, what I think you're saying is that we have a Black man who wanted to participate in Freemasonry and there might not have been room for him. It, um, and so he started his own. So the black guy, Prince Hall, now starting his own um, sect, so to speak, yeah. of Freemasonry, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so they were accepted, but not accepted the way in which they wanted to be accepted. <laughs> and so um, him and 14 others, uh, you know, they, they break you know, they, well, him and 14 others originally started in this military lodge, but they weren't accepted in which the, in the way in which they wanted to be accepted. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we asked permission to break, you know, he asked permission to break. And so he started his own, you know, he starts his own Masonic lodge. And for all intents and purposes, you know, Prince Hall Masonics are, it, you know, it, it really is an autonomous organization. It's not uh, 
you know, from how I understand it, it's not necessarily recognized by, you know, white, you know, the white sect of, of Freemasonry. It wasn't historically, you know, so when, when he breaks, you know, they, they're considering this an illegitimate offshoot of American Freemasonry as he as he does his own thing. Wow. Do you know if since then and with the growth of Prince Hall Freemasonry, if they've now been accepted under the Freemason banner or are they still kind of their own offshoot and sect? Still his own. Based off what I could tell, it's still its own sect. Black mm. Freemasonry still it's, it's, it's its own thing. Okay. Now, you know, there was something else. Kevin, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. You look no, like no, you look like no, you, no, you, you no, no. perched your face to say something. Okay. No, I'm I'm holding it. Um, Go ahead. Now you mentioned two names that are extremely important: Absalom Jones and um, Richard Allen. And you said they came just a decade later. These right. names are really important because they are. Well, you know what? Can you please explain why these names are so important? Um, among the black church and why it, they, they are so important and influential even in this conversation. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you could kind of just, I mean, you could kind of um, identify the importance of those two figures by the argument of which black church came first. And so there's an argument as to which black church, you know, came, you know, which one was first. I mean, you have, you know, you have, uh, you know, obviously the, the first uh, black church in, in the South, I think it's this is Silver Bluff. Um, and I think that's where you were, uh, Kevin, for a little while in Augusta. You, you was down there in Georgia somewhere right around yeah. that particular area, right? Yeah. But then you also have in, you know, you have in the North, you have the Methodists who are making the claim that they were the first black churches and Richard Allen and Absalom Jones are two of the individuals that are conspicuous figures in that argument. And so when you're yes. talking about black church, uh, the reality is, is that you don't get more black church than Richard Allen and Absalom Jones in terms of just the origin, you know, of, yes. of, of black church, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've done a good job of laying out the background and the history. I think what we need to bring to the center is why is it, such a battle today why is it a an issue within the black church um can, can you can can you kind of go into what is this it seems like there's competing uh loyalties maybe in this between you know freemasonry and black church so where's right. that tension lie right so number one i would say we need to understand this that the church is its own thing um, the church is, I mean, there's, and this language specific in terms of just family language, when the, when the terminology of brother is used in scripture, uh, particularly in the New Testament, you're talking about brothers that have been ancestors that have been bought by the blood of Christ that have been placed into one family, you know, so they're, they're, the, the church is its own thing bought with the precious blood of, of Jesus Christ. But then you have Freemasonry, which is also claiming uh, to be fraternal in nature. So there's a brotherhood within uh, the fraternal orders of, of, of masonry, within uh, Freemasonry, and also within the order of Easter stars, which is the, the female offshoot of the, which is the, yeah, which is the female offshoot of, of Freemasonry. They're, they're claiming, you know, a, a, you know, a familial kind of tie 
uh, that exist amongst their own community. And so you're taking Freemasonry and the Order of Easter Stars and you're placing that fraternity into the church and that fraternal order uh, of Freemasonry has its own doctrines and has its own theology that accompanies that is at odds with the theology of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it, they, they can't, as much as, as much as people want them to coexist, they can't coexist because theologically in many significant points, they are diametrically opposed to one another. And so you have individuals that are, that are, um, that are loyal to these fraternities um, that will do, I mean, that will cross rivers and oceans for their fraternities. Uh, and, uh, and we're talking about obviously Freemasonry, but also there's, there's chalk on the toes of those that are in uh, fraternities and sororities as well. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about black fraternities and sororities as well. There Doc, is Doc you're trying to get us in trouble. I, man, mm. hey, it's all on y'all, man. You did it too. You know, y'all chose violence today. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, so you have, you know, you have fraternities and sororities that are tied to Freemason, to the order of the Masonics as well. You know, and so, and and think about it. Like even in the fraternities and in, in the sororities, they're claiming a a brotherhood and a sisterhood as well. Mm -hmm. And they have their own tenets of teaching that could at times be at odds with the Christian Church. And sometimes there's a pull. You know, those organizations pull them from the Christian Church, and so where where they have to go and be with, you know, these other individuals that they claim are family. You know, uh, over against those that are family having been bought by Christ. You mm. see what I'm saying? Wow. So, so now you're, you're trying to infuse those, those fraternal orders uh, within the church. And, and the, the truth be told, they're at odds with one another, you know? Um, mm. so, so much so, I want to say this, you know, so much so, and I was having a conversation about this today with a brother of mine who, uh, even though I know we're not talking about fraternities and sororities, but there's some overlap here. You know, I was talking to a brother of mine about this who denounced uh, his affiliation with his fraternity. And um, one of the things that he brought out was this very point. You know, you want me to claim an allegiance to a brotherhood uh, really over against the church, which is the true brotherhood and the sisterhood. You know, I don't I don't I won't. In my, you know, as it, as it pertains to the Masonics or as it pertains to the Order of Easter Stars or as it pertains to fraternities and sororities, I'm not going to, many of them, I'm not going to be living in eternity with them, you know, but the church, those that I do life with in the church, those that I serve with in the church, I'll be with them forever with God, you know, and uh, and so those are just two things he couldn't reconcile. And, I, and that was one thing I was like, man, I've never it you know it's in the things that I've studied, but I guess I didn't pay attention to that particular point, you know, as much as I should have. But I thought it was phenomenal that he helped me to uh, that he helped me to see that. So I mean, I think that's the that's one of the biggest reasons why you're seeing this 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 butting of heads between masonry and other fraternities and sororities and the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. They cannot coexist. Goodness gracious, that's a lot, but that's good. Like it's good to be able to 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 see it laid out, you know, the places where these um like fraternities or Freemasonry and things like that where it does not um 
link up with Christianity and how to a degree it's a gospel competitor, you know, in in the way that we approach the scriptures or what the scriptures say about us as being children of God or brothers and sisters, you know, to be a brother or sister within the body of Christ requires something. You know, right. if you look at, at John 1, 12, it says to, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And when we see in Ephesians, we are brothers and sisters. But then right. when you get, um, you know, a Freemason or a fraternity or something like that, what is the foundation for their brotherly relationship, that, that familial relationship? Right. If it's yeah. not based on scripture, then what are they basing it on? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know if you wanted to lead into this, but I think it, you know, I think it bears bringing out at this particular point. It's a theology that, that's driving Freemasonry. And this is what gets lost. This is what gets lost in the shuffle. You know, that there is a theology that is driving uh, Freemasonry. Um, one of the one of those key components, one of those key theological positions uh, is the universal fatherhood of God. And so Masons believe that God is the father of all. God, God is the father of all men. Uh, but it's but it's not it's not the fatherhood that Malachi is speaking of uh, in Malachi chapter two, verses 10, where he says, do we not all have one father? Has not one God created us? It's not that kind of fatherhood. No, they're, they're talking about you know, a they're, they're talking about a a a pact, a, a relationship, a a a fraternity, a brotherhood, um, that is is not in the sense where God is the source bringing us in, but there's the there's this brotherhood within our organization. This this community is an important community, and God is God is the universal Father of us all, and and really it's pluralistic in nature. They they you know that is the case because um, they don't want to offend other religions that are a part of their fraternal order. Um, And so they claim the fatherhood of God, the universal fatherhood of God, God is the father of us all, so that all of these different religions, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, Muslims, uh, you know, all all of them can fit into this, this one capsule uh, which is Freemasonry. So, so God is the Father of us all. You know, all roads essentially lead to God. Is is what that tenet is what that tenet of theology within Freemasonry is is really getting at when you press it uh, to its logical conclusion. Mm, that that's that's really good. That's that's a really important distinction. That I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, one thing that I've always kind of thought about because you you said it. They the the purpose of masonry or freemasonry was to make good men better well when i look at everything that the lodge was supposed to do when i look at everything that is kind of in their charter what they set out to do to me it sounded a whole lot like discipleship which is something that is supposed to happen within the church so can can you kind of dive into kind of kind of that uh, that allegiance that is there that the masonries are trying to build good men and build better but it sounds like discipleship which is supposed to take place in the church so from a church perspective i think the question would would, or the position would be is that we don't need freemasonry because all those things already happen within the church 
Right. I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say Freemasonry. I mean, for the Christian, it's not needed. But I would say affiliations and allegiances to, to I mean, and this this might be controversial, but I would say affiliations and allegiances to any organization is not is not needed when you're a part of the Christian church. The, the, there's all, all that we need to 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 do in order to accomplish uh, God's agenda uh, for the world is contained within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, we're talking about, you know, um, doing good to others. You know, James tells us to do good to others. Christ tells us to do good to others in, in the Christian ethic. You know, I mean, if we're talking about going out and, and reaching others, you know, and providing uh, providing for their needs, that that's what the Christian church is supposed to be doing. We, we don't need an organization uh, we, we don't need to be affiliated with an organization in order to accomplish those things. You know, um, I will say along with that, you know, and this is the most important, you know, as as we come, the Christian church, you know, as we come to to help others that are in need, which these or, which which these organizations would claim that, you know, this is what we do. You know, we, we, we help others. There's a benefit. There's you know, there's a benefit to us being a part of this. But I would say when the church does this, we also bring with us a life saving message, which no other organization can do. You know, it's already a denial of the life saving message in Freemasonry. And hopefully we'll touch on this in just a second. But they're, but they're already denying of the life-saving message of and that is uh, of, of Jesus Christ in Freemasonry, uh, as they deny, as we'll see in just a second, the person and the the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the church is bringing not just goods to to say, hey, be warm and be filled, you know, but we're also bringing the message of Christ and saying, be saved. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we're we're meeting mm -hmm. the need, this physical need, but we're also meeting a spiritual need. And no other, no other organism or organization or institution can do that. No social club, no, no, you wow. know, no, no fraternity, no, no, no other institution or organization can do that. Only the Christian Church can do that. Wow, that that's good. What I what I hear you saying is that it's um, almost like naturalistic or secular humanist, humanistic. Right. Um, right. You know that. And to a degree, perhaps, that there can be a good without God, because we want to make oh, good absolutely. men better. Or, um, you know, we want to, and to what, from what I understand, the Freemasons have a huge, especially Prince Hall Freemasons, have a huge um, social justice push. Yeah. And so, you know, big in education, big into, you know, giving back to the community and things like that, but through this organization, and so, yes, I think that as we as we look at or um, learn more about Prince Hall Freemasonry and we see these things, we do see that th these are things that we are commanded in Scripture that we should be doing as the church. Right. Absolutely. Or participating in, in to a degree. Um, yeah. If you took all of that energy that you put into whatever club you're a part of and you put that into the church, imagine how much yeah. we can accomplish for, yeah. you know, for the glory of Christ. Yeah. I was you know, just gonna... but. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that because it's when I think about, I don't know a lot of people that are Freemasons, but I know a lot of people that are fraternities and sororities. Yeah. And when you look at the time, energy uh, spent within those organizations, the brotherhood and sisterhood that is, you know, projected within those organizations, the money that is given to those organizations, it does make you wonder if those allegiances, that brotherhood, that sisterhood, 
that time, that energy, that money was given to the church where it is supposed to be, your right. your brotherhood and sisterhood is supposed to be. Well, like you said, a difference that could make. Um, but I'll let you talk about this. Um, it seems as if there is a lack of really understanding of what the church is or supposed to be. Right. Oh, right. I got a it, question it seems, on that line. Go ahead. No, no. Mm. It just seems like we've made church something we go to on Sunday to get something. Right. Right. For our week, get my praise on. But we don't see it as that affiliation and community. Right. right. Um, and I just think that's played a big role in the fact that we've gone out to other organizations to try to get that brotherhood and sisterhood because it seems to be lacking from within the church. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking about a camaraderie with complete strangers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like you got your arm around. I mean, y'all kicking it. It's it's people you don't, you don't know them from Adam, but there's people that you've been members with for years that you hardly even know. You don't even really know their names. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And they're they're claiming the most important thing, which is the same thing that you're claiming, which is that you are in right relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, I think you hit on something in that that um, you know, I just want to bring out. Like what is what is the mission? I mean, what what is what is the you know, what is the mission of the church? Like what is the church supposed to be doing? A lot of people now they don't know what the you know what the, what the mission of the church is or what the church is supposed to be doing it you know what is the the missio day what is the wh- the mission of the church is the mission of god right so what is the, what is the mission of god and i think that if we were able to if i can use sanctified imagination i think if we if we were able to to walk up to the door of the trinitarian boardroom i think one of the things that we would see plastered on the wall of of the of this Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on their boardroom is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave. God is a God. God is a God of who's on mission. So, so what did He do? He He sent His Son in order to save. So, so that is the mission of God. The mission of God is to save sinners through Jesus Christ. And what comes out of that is demonstrations of love and care and compassion and ministries of mercy in order to get that message across. Well, when you are affiliated with those that uh, want to quiet that message, then all you have, you know, is, you know, a society that's doing good for the sake of, you know, you know, for the sake, I guess, I don't know, maybe patting yourself on the back that you did a good job. But but there's but how does that lead them? How does that lead them to to Christ? How does that keep you on mission as an individual, as you understand the mission of God when when the mission of God is to save sinners and that's not your mission in your outreach. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So no, like, no, you're right. I'm, I'm so I'm like the, the church had the, the church is missional. You know, the church is on mission, but the mission is not just to do good in the community for the sake of doing good in the community. Good in the community is done so that people will see Jesus and through repentance and faith come into a right relationship with God, you know, and so, um, I mean, again, we don't understand as as even some people as, as members of churches, been in churches their whole life, don't understand it. That is the mission of the church, and from 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 that comes from that comes all of the good that we do for the for the singular purpose of bringing people to Christ. Mm. Amen. 
Now, goodness, a part of in what you're saying, and Kevin, what you even brought up, made me wonder: Do people? Could it be that people um, are to some degree dismayed either with the black church? And so they're finding um, mm -hmm. or having their needs met for community and, um, you know, like mission and things like that, outreach through these other outlets. Or I also wonder if it's a thing of like, you know, I want to, I want to be able to do these things, but I don't want the more, the morality, the moral connection, the, the discipleship, the correction that comes with sitting under a church. You know, I can I can go out and I can give to the poor because I have friends in fraternities as well, um, you know, who are like, you know, we can go out, we can dance. We have our, our little sisterhood or our brotherhood. We, you know, we when I was in South Africa, I had an entire um, sorority family, you know, send me like packages for my entire school. And so there's a lot of care um, that and compassion that goes into these outreaches or um, like drives that, that uh, a sorority will do, but it doesn't require that standard of morality that scripture requires. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to accuse. I'm just wondering if that could be a component. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think I think we're just I think we're just pointing out why there's a why there's tension there, right? Mm -hmm. Why and and I think there's multiple like layers to this, and I, I think that is one of them, you know, uh, along with uh, the fact that uh, you no know, doc, you kind of brought up, you know, you're not out there doing it for Jesus. Why you're out there doing it? A lot of times it's so to make their organizations look good, right? You know, they're repping. They got the colors on. You know, they are repping the organization. Right. Um, but what are they doing to rep Jesus? Right. You know, and yeah. I think that's where that that tension really, really lies. Um, to your knowledge, because I do know several, I know I've known throughout my life people who are claimed to be Mason. Sometimes it's hard because it's secret, right? Right. Um, how prevalent do you believe it is within the black church today? Um, today, I mean, it's somewhat covert. You really don't find out that somebody is a Mason until you start talking about it. They'd be like, oh, I'm a Mason. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm yeah. a Mason. I've been, you know, I've been a Mason like forever. He's like, really? You know, but then you do have those, you do have individuals that rep it. And I mean, that rep it hard. I mean, you see the license plate, you know, um, uh, you see the license plate with the, with the signal, with the signature on it. I mean, you see people with the colors. I mean, uh, you know, personally, I've been approached by uh, Masons about having services here in the evening times, wow. you know. And so, you know, that was a, <laughs> you know, that was something, uh, you know. But um, I mean, some some people rep it and some people is, you know, somewhat, you know, covert. You don't find out until afterwards. Um, but I, I mean, I, I find that the people that are in it, I mean, the people that are in it, a lot of them are really entrenched, even though it might be covert, you know. Um, now, it's different, I guess, if you have a pastor that is a Mason and they and they exist, mm -hmm. you know, and I know some pastors that are Masons, you know, um, they're going to be more susceptible to allowing the organizations to, to maybe utilize churches, you know, in order to conduct meetings and things of that nature. You know, I would say this is this is just, you know, counsel. Um, 
you know, if I'm a member there, I, I would have some serious concerns and I would, you know, I would have conversations, you know, with, with, with leadership in terms of what are we, you know, this is obviously antithetical to mm. the Christian gospel, you know, so, so how is this, how, how are we allowing this, you know, to, to coexist? You know, so in those places where and I, in, the, the, in the instances that, you know, was covert, I would say have conversations and say, you know, you, you should, you know, as graciously as you can, but say it anyhow, you know, you, you really should think about renouncing that. You should renounce that. You know, you, you have you've come out of. So so let's let's back up for a second. This is a secret society and Christians are anything but secret. Right. The, the mm -hmm. Christian, Christian God, first uh, John one five says that God, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I mean, you read Ephesians chapter two, we are called children of the light. You know, we walk in the light. We expose deeds of darkness. I mean, this is what this is what the word of God says. So so again, I mean, a secret society and children of the light, light and darkness. How, how does light have fellowship with darkness is what Paul Ooh. says of Corinthians. You know, we, we renounce deeds of darkness. We renounce the darkness itself. You see what I'm saying? And so um, I don't think it's a stretch to tell somebody, you know, you need to, you know, you need to renounce those, you need to renounce those things, you know, that are, that are secret and that are done in secrecy because you are a child of the light, you know? Um, so I would say it's, it's the covert, the, the fact that it's covert, and the fact that it is secret makes it hard to see just how, you know, how, um, you know, just yeah, it makes it hard to see if it's thriving like that. Like if it's just like this, mm -hmm. this huge deal, even though you, I, I think we have a good idea that it is. Um, but it's, you know, it's difficult. I think this is particularly in the South, you know, it's, it's huge. I mean, in, in the South, it's huge. Now, if, we, if we're just talking about geographical location, we're talking about the South. I mean, I know a number of people in the South that's Masons. It's it's almost like you not one. You know? <laughs> wow. It sounds like when you're talking about like, you know, you need to have a conversation, you need to um you know encourage people to reconsider some things. Would you say that from a pastoral position, if you found out um or if a pastor, not even you, if a pastor found out like somebody is super active in Freemasonry or just a Freemason overall, um that is that something that you would sit somebody down for? A minister? Like, let's say it's a deacon in your church or an elder or something like that. Would you sit them down because they are participating in the Masonic Lodge or Freemasonry? Um, I would have conversations around it first. Some people just, some people are ignorant of what Freemasonry stands for mm -hmm. what it teaches i mean they know what it stands for but they're, they're ignorant of the doctrine that it carries along with it like some of the things that we're talking about the universal fatherhood of god and the implications of the universal fatherhood of god uh really leading to universalism all roads leading to god they they haven't mm -hmm. even thought that far into it they they're mm -hmm. thinking social activism you know so you yeah. do have some you know individuals you know like that um the biggest thing that we you know, the thing that uh, I would advise, you know, I mean, just, I mean, or counsel as a shepherd is that you keep those things out, you know, you, you keep those things out of the church, 
you know so if the individual is a if, if the individual is a part of masonry yeah of, of freemasons um your your organization is not allowed to do anything at any service in the local church every mm-hmm. service is a worship service you know and i've i've said this to my to my church like you know um or to the church that i shepherd you know i've said this to, to the church where i shepherd look you know Masons, Masonic, I mean, Masonics, Easter stars, fraternities, sororities, they don't do nothing at any, every service that we conduct, whether it's an Easter play, whether it's a Christmas play, you know, uh, whatever it is that we're doing here is a worship service. Therefore, other, it's a worship service as the church. Therefore, other organizations are not allowed to do anything in those services. A funeral is a worship service. You know, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're worshiping, we're worshiping God you know, for, you know, for this particular moment in time, it's providence, it's sovereignty, you know, in allowing us to come face to face with the reality of, of the fact that we all have, we all have to cross from time into eternity. We're, we're trying to, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we are, we are, wor- we are worshipers. And so that being the case, we, we have to bar those institutions and those organizations from taking part in any worship service that we do. You know, you may personally be a part of that, but that has nothing to do with us. You know, mm. and frankly, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to have more of an allegiance to your church than to break away or to break out of those uh, organizations because what they're trying to accomplish and what they promise to accomplish is is impossible. You can only, I mean, you can only accomplish making, first of all, you can't make good men better because scripture tells us there's no one that's good. So, so right, right then and there, you know, you're starting, you're starting with a faulty premise <laughs> that men are good, you know, absolutely not mm-hmm. righteous. No, not one. Secondly, you know, um, we are making, we're not making, we're not even making bad men good necessarily. We're, we're trying to bring bad men into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, making the God is making the unrighteous righteous by, by oh, the unholy holy uh by by uh the, the application of the death and the, the the finished work of the son the lord jesus christ so you know um the church has an obligation to bar you know those institutions from taking any part i mean even if you have let, let's take for instance individual might be a part of masonics the masonics want to have a part in the program uh the death of a loved one my protocol is do it at the funeral home like don't you know the funeral home will allow you to do it do it at the funeral home they won't have any part they they won't be mentioned on the obituary you know Mm -hmm. um and so i think that that kind of stance at least from from the pulpit needs to be taken and then hopefully as you preach and teach through it and uh and and like your your uh platform system on that you're you know you're you're exposing people to this so hopefully people will hear this and, and 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 leave it because it's not necessary you know, mm-hmm. so I mean that's the blessing of, of something like this. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Um and I know that that's that's the goal of um Kevin and me just to bring bring things to light, you know, to be able to say, Hey, look, you know, this is what we're dealing with. Yeah. This is this is really what we're dealing with. And people, you know, and I feel like in many churches don't want to really talk about the things that we are dealing with mm-hmm. or the things that might be shunned. So nobody's hitting on fraternities. 
nobody's talking about that. It's like, well, you can have, you can have that. And, you know, we just, we'll, we'll just keep silent on it. And it's like, no, we actually have to call these things out and say, well, there are many things that, you know, we can love about quote unquote black culture and things like that. There are also some things that are hindering us, especially within the church. And how right. do we have that conversation? Right. Yeah. Cause I will say this, I mean, you're not going to find too many places talking about this particular topic and even willing to say, sororities and fraternities in general need to be looked at right Right. and challenge people in what is your allegiance and two who's discipling you right right? Mm -hmm. are you being discipled in the church are you being discipled through other organizations are your is your allegiance and your i'll say this where is your primary brotherhood and sisterhood that is Mm -hmm. that's how i will say it and i guarantee you if a lot of them really thought about that question it's not the church. They, 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 it probably wouldn't yeah. be the church. Right. And I think that's yeah. the problem that we're trying to point out yeah. as to that, that that's the issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we are coming close to our time, but I do want to, um, I do want to circle back to something for people who might be like, well, you know, we could really do it. And, and it's not that, you know, Masonics don't, um, don't believe in God and things like that. When we um, talked about this in preparation for this podcast, you really laid out some things about the Freemasons view on Jesus, the um, Freemasons view on Christianity and on God. And, you know, um, for those who might say, well, you know, we can actually intermingle and things like that. Can you just share with us a little bit more about their views so we can just squash any kind of second guessing, any kind of argument that people are going to come with? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So one, just going back to the, you know, their, their view on God, right? So the the, uh, universal fatherhood of God is one, you know, all of all, we are all God's children. Clearly, this is not the ethic of, or this is not the, um, this is not the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you have in John chapter eight, Jesus uh, confronted some religious leaders in his day. And he told them, you are of your father, the devil. Clearly Jesus does not believe in the universal fatherhood of God. Not everyone is God's child. So in that sense, um, you know, that's, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg, uh, but also what they believe about, you know, what they believe about uh, Jesus Christ. And so, uh, uh, the, the, there's teaching within, um, Freemasonry, uh, to the degree that Jesus was a, was a mere man, you know, that he wasn't God, you know, um, in fact, in one of the, uh, services that they perform a service, uh, which is called Monday Thursday, which is around the, uh, which is actually at the, you know, conducted at the same time that on, you know, on the Christian calendar, uh, where Christians are celebrating the, uh, during the passion week. Uh, there is a ritual that they observe uh, in something which is called a chapter in the chapter of uh, Rose Croy. And it's in this particular chapter, they, they state this uh, in the opening ceremony. They say, we meet this day to commemorate the death of Jesus, not as an inspired divine, for this is not for us to decide. And so, so think about that. They're, they're saying that, you know, we, we, we're meeting this day to commemorate Christ. Christians are meeting to commemorate Christ on that day too, as the Lord and Savior. So they're saying, listen, you know, we're we're meeting to commemorate him, but but not as divine. So, um, you know, that that's not for us to decide. So so think about this: when Jesus raises the most significant, the most important question in all of Scripture, who do you say that I am? 
those that are Masonics would say, we don't know. Like we, we, like we, we don't know. We, we don't know. We, we don't know if you are divine. We don't know if you're just a man. Like we're, we're up in the air, you know, about who you are. And so they don't even have a statement with, they don't even have a statement to the, to, to uh, the degree of stating that, you know, Jesus, um, you know, that, that Jesus is humanity's savior. And that's intentional. You know, the reason why that is, uh, is because they don't want to condemn, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to condemn anyone. You know, they don't want anyone to be condemned. They don't want to offend anyone other than the Christian. And so, so the, the, the Christian leaves offended because you have denigrated the, the person and the work of their savior while you are allowing other religions to talk about, you know, Allah or talk about, you know, Buddha or, you know, th those, uh, you know, religious ethics and philosophies are allowed to thrive within, you know, masonry. But when uh, Christ is brought up, then, you know, we have to be ambiguous about who he is, you know. Um, it's almost like you had, you can throw, if I could just be trite, uh, you know, for a second, you could take all religions and you could throw them into a bucket, right? You can throw Allah into a bucket and Haile Selassie into a bucket. And, you know, all of them, they're, they're going to get along. All these religious leaders are going to get along. But the instant that you throw Jesus into the bucket, Jesus starts saying things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father, but by me, he, he begins to kick people out of the bucket. Uh, because Jesus, uh, because Jesus knows that he's the only way to God, you know, he's stating that, you know, um, he's the only way to get to God. And it sounds intolerant, you know, uh, there's an exclusivity about Christianity that Freemasonry uh, will not tolerate, you know, so they want inclusive, they want an inclusive kind of religion. And the best way to have that is to get rid of Christ. And so, um, wrong on i say wrong on the fatherhood of god wrong on uh the lord jesus christ um i mean and i would say that i would say what they believe about christ really is the death nail mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. if you're wrong about christ i mean you are wrong enough to lose your soul for all of eternity you know so it's not just your your your, your starting point with humanity is wrong that men are good wrong you know, it's not just it's not just that you believe that God is the father of all and 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 mean by that, you know, really that all roads lead lead to the same God, which are wrong about. But you are unequivocally wrong about who Jesus is. And so when Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? And you're wrong on that. There's there's there can be no salvation in that. And so, I mean, this is the reason why I would say that it is a religious system, if not outright, if not an outright religion that is propagating a false gospel, which is damnable, you know, if people just have that, if they're saying, listen, you know, um, this, this is, you're good where you are, you know, in terms of um, your relationship with God, this, this God that we're espousing, you know, the great, you know, architect, as they would call them. Um, you know, the great architect of the universe, the G-A-O-T-U, the, the great architect of the universe, mm -hmm. that, that is God to them. You know, um, you, you're, you're good there. Okay, well, it's like, well, you know, how, how did I get good? How did I get, get in good with him? Oh, well, you're already good. We're just trying to make you better. You know, wow. well, do I need Christ? No. You know, uh, we don't even know if Christ is the only way to get, like, we, we're, we're still up in the air on that. Well, you know, am I allowed to seek that out? Not, not here. This is not a place for Jesus. This is not a place for the 
for the Christ of Scripture, you know. And so how how can I side with how can I side with any institution that that demeans and denigrates denigrates my Lord? It's um, it's the reason it's the reason why I would say it cannot coexist with the Christian Church. They are saying two Jesus and Freemasonry is saying two completely different things. They are on the opposite. They are as, as far opposite as you could possibly get. Man. Man. Wow. So as we come to a close, just kind of to summarize, the, yeah. the, the main point, I mean, you just really just hit it. You just kind of knocked it out the part. But Freemasonry mm. is a religious organization that yeah. is not necessarily Christian or synonymous with Christianity and therefore Christians need to be um, leery of becoming a Mason and being involved with Masonry. Um, and also because of the competing loyalties in which it pulls you and the competing uh, discipleship and, and all those other things that it's attempting to do that first and foremost belong within the church. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's why we kind of want to talk about this because it's one of those things that we don't hear a lot about. We don't talk a lot about, but we know, I mean, I've been, I'm in the South. I, it is a real thing of Masons, um, kind of trying to be Christian in the church and also being a Mason at the same time and not realizing that those two things really, really don't go together. So, right. Yeah. So, man, I appreciate you coming on and just kind of, you know, blessing us yes. with, with that with that knowledge and kind of making it clear for us. And I hope this episode uh, challenges some people, yeah, um, and, and makes them them think whether it's Freemasonry or whether it's you know fraternities and sororities. Just really thinking about what is your primary sisterhood and brotherhood, and if it's not within the church, then that's a problem. Right. So. Yeah. Mo, you got anything? No, I feel like y'all said it. Y'all said it. Dr. Adams, you didn't you didn't brought us in, sat us down, laid it all out. Um, thank you. Thank you for for all of that information and for keeping it, you know, so entwined with scripture. Like, why is this not compatible? And yet we do see so many within black churches who are participating. And, you know, graciously, as you said, you know, they aren't understanding the true incompatibility with um, Christianity. So I'm just appreciative for how you laid it out. Um, but no, I have nothing else to say. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me, man. It's been a blessing. And uh, thank you for your ministry. Well, thank you. Um, definitely thank you. And we will um, be on, gosh, you'll be with us on our next episode of Off Code. Episode six, we are climbing up those charts and we're going to talk about Black liberation theology. So we will see you then. Thanks so much, guys. Take it easy.